most network marketing companies have some sort of a focus. My biggest focus is teaching women about aging, the aging process, both physical and the cellular aging process, because I want them to have the confidence to talk about this. I think women are disproportionately affected in the workforce, and I wanted to be able to really give women the skills that they need. Education is really at the heart and soul of our company. And one thing I love to say is if you come and interact with our site, buy nothing but learn something, then I've done my job. We stand today. The Business Method with a shadow. The Business Method. The Business Method Podcast. The Business Method Podcast featuring Chris Reynolds. Entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools, and tactics. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm your host, Chris Reynolds, and welcome to the Business Method Podcast, a podcast featuring high-performing entrepreneurs and high-caliber people dissecting their different methods, tools, and strategies so we can apply them to our businesses and lives. On our first series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs that had built businesses creating $100,000 or more annually. On our second series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs that have built seven-figure businesses that can be ran anywhere in the world. And currently, we are interviewing 100 major influencers to get behind the minds and the science of using influence to grow business, affect income, results, economies, and cultures, especially post-COVID. Since we moved into a post-pandemic world, the landscape has changed drastically for most business owners. We're finding out what is working for the entrepreneurs out there that have positioned themselves well to make sure their businesses thrive, succeed, and continue to experience growth in this current economy. And now... Let's hop into today's show. The Business Method. Hey, gals and pals, listen up real quick because we have something exciting to share with you. First, for you high-performing entrepreneurs out there, we've taken the most powerful tips and tricks from over 400 episodes that our guests have shared on how to optimize their own personal performance, and we've made them into digestible micro-podcast episodes that are just two to eight minutes long. These high-performance episodes are being published on Monday and Friday each week and will be labeled as HP number 1234567891010 and so on. Those episodes are live now and they're designed for you to consume some quick, high-quality content when you only have a few minutes to spare. So be sure to subscribe to the Business Method podcast on your favorite app so you can get those delivered to you as soon as they are live. The next thing I wanted to share with you is about our private mastermind community for established entrepreneurs. If you have an established business that has good momentum and wanted to be involved in a higher level mastermind community that is curated specifically for entrepreneurs that are moving at the same speed as you with similar challenges, revenue, team size, and business niche, then we've got a group for you. Our private mastermind groups are facilitated by myself, yours truly, and my good friend Adam Anderson. Adam is a seasoned entrepreneur who's been involved in 20 plus startups over 20 years and recently had a multi-million dollar exit. I keep the members on track with their goals, productivity, and optimization, and Adam brings the vast business knowledge to the groups. Our purpose with this private community is to help you reach your business goals faster so you can remove yourself from your company and focus on bigger and better things. You can learn more about that private community and masterminds at thebusinessmethod.com forward slash masterminds. That's thebusinessmethod.com forward slash masterminds. And now let's hop into today's show. The Business Method. 
She saw over 600% year-to-year growth with a healthcare startup, while at the same time in an e-commerce business, her company drove revenue from zero to 20 million in just five years. With that success, shockingly enough, came the hollow feeling of unfulfillment. This is what actually happens to many entrepreneurs when they feel that the path of success that they are following isn't quite in alignment with their grander purpose in life. It's a pivotal moment when people start to really question themselves, and also a moment when they quite often create their most impactful businesses. Our guest today is Hani Sigari, and she is the founder of Quiral. It's a skincare company that provides individualized and science-based products while offering an opportunity for people to become co-partners and entrepreneurs with the company at the same time. Quiral is a pathway for women to change their health, incomes, and lives. Hani founded this company after realizing she wanted to really make a different type of difference in the world. She was inspired as a young woman by her mother, whose efforts lifted hundreds of wartime widows out of poverty. On top of being a successful entrepreneur that built an eight-figure company, Honey is also a biochemist and striving to make a big difference in the anti-aging industry. Chiral is the accumulation of a lifelong mission to improve the lives and health of others, and she's on the podcast today. Honey, how are you? I'm good. Thank you. What a generous intro. Thank you. Ah, okay. <laughs> that captures it all. Thank you. <laughs> good. Yeah. And it was all correct, right? I hope. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Good. So I love your business model. These are so out of the box business models. I love talking to people. And actually the definition of a business method is a new way of doing business. And one of the reasons I named the podcast that, because there's so many new types of uh, business models out there that people are using to get really creative, to help serve the world, you know, to live more abundant lives. And it's phenomenal to see. And I love the way you design your business. And we're going to talk more about that. Um, but I want to start off and uh, getting behind the mind and the motivation that you have. And I heard a quote that you said in an article, I believe, and you said, someone once told me the meaning of life is to find your gift and the purpose of life is to give it away. And you found that early on. So I I have to ask, like growing up with a mother whose efforts lifted hundreds of people out of uh, poverty, was that the motivation to help you build the business that you have today? Oh my God, absolutely. That was a theme in my life growing up. Uh So I was born in Iran. I immigrated to the U.S. around the age of seven. But prior to that, um, Iran experienced a revolution back in 1979. And my mother was sent to prison during the Mm -hmm. revolution, right, right at the cusp of the revolution. So they executed her roommates and they were trying to build a case around her to also execute her. Wow. She was in prison for six months and that's something interesting I don't really share. So they were trying Religion. to, just sorry to interrupt, they were trying to, because she was part of the revolution or instigating the revolution, is that why they wanted to arrest her? Well, yeah. So anyone that was against the new regime, they were okay. putting in prison, executing. And what people don't really know is a majority of the people in Iran didn't really want this religious democracy. That kind of that was a small population. The majority wanted um, some sort of socialism, communism, you know, a structure like that, okay. uh, because we came from a monarchy. So. Um, my mother was kind of tied in, you know, the college students started the revolution. So any of the college students that were not with the new regime were kind of sent away to prison. Her roommates were politically uh, involved and they executed her roommates. So they were trying to build a case fast enough around her. Mm-hmm. And during her six months in prison, she said, um, all she, because she wasn't very religious growing up, she had a Quran mm-hmm. and that's all they left her, you know, a cot and a Quran. And she said, that's where I found God. And I want my daughter to also find 
you know, religion and God in our own way. So mm -hmm. um, just to, that's a little side about my mother I love. But while she was there, one of her classmates who she went to school with saw her name on a list and said, oh my God, I recognize this name. But now I was like, what is she doing here? And he was with the new regime. So he said, I'm going to try to get her out of here. And my mother, since she was a social worker and she was doing her rotations, um, prostitution was legal in Iran during the revolution. So wow. my mother would go and do the health checks. You know, we had a red light district and she would do the health checks for these street workers. So he didn't know that, you know, she had that background, um, some sort of a rapport with these women. Mm -hmm. And all these women are now in now in the street. So they could either execute them or put them in shelters, right? Yeah. And that's what they decided to do. They put all these women in shelters. And he said, um, if I could get you out of here, would you be willing to run these shelters? And she said, Oh, my gosh, absolutely. Get me out of this place. And I'll, I'll do whatever it takes. And so she came out not knowing anything about management or how to run anything, right? She started um, running this woman's shelter. I think she said it was about 60, 65 women. But now they run a rock war starts. And there's all these widows of servicemen that are also ending up at the same shelters with the ex-street workers. And as you can imagine, these two populations are clashing. Wow. So like, oh my God, I got to teach these women some sort of skill. I got to teach them. I got to occupy their time somehow. So... Um, her skill was sewing. That was her hobby growing up. And she's very, still till this day, very, very good at it. Um, and that's what she did. She taught these women how to sew by hand first, right? String and needle. And, you know, you guys do collars, you guys do this. And she taught them this craft and this skill. And she went back and she's like, well, these women, you know, they've learned that. Now we got to take them to the next level. So she asked for sewing machines. And they came back and said, we'll give you a stipend for sewing machines if you can sew military uniforms, sheets and so forth that we need right now for the war. And she said, oh, my God, absolutely. Give uh -huh. me sewing machines and, and I'll do it. And I think, you know, she started with 180 sewing machines and I think there were 200 women at the shelter at this time. So she started setting up an assembly line, not knowing anything about, you know, what an assembly line is. You know, the more skilled workers would do this type of thing. They might do, you know, collars and sleeves and these women would do uh, certain other, they might do the sheets. So she set up an assembly line and then she went back and she's like, we've been doing this for a year for free. Well, now we got to get paid for this. So mm -hmm. she went back and said, can you give these women some sort of stipend, some sort of um, financial return on what they're doing? And sure enough, they said, sure, we'll do it. And these women were able to slowly save up. Some of them remarried, moved out of the shelters. I mean, so this was a story in my life, right? right. What she did for three, 350 women, I wanted to do. When I grow up, I want to be just like my mother. And I want to yeah. multiply her efforts by hundreds and thousands and, you know, hopefully hundreds of thousands one day. So, um, and that's what I set out to do. I came to the U.S. at age seven, and I found myself befriending all the older people in my neighborhood. I guess my dad moved us into a 50-plus community without knowing it, but everyone around <laughs> us was, was pretty old. So I befriended all these older people in the community, and they were te they taught me how to speak English because I didn't know a single word of English. Um, they taught me how to speak English, and I. You know, that's where my love and affinity for the geriatric population started, right? Mm -hmm. And that became another theme in my life. But as you can imagine by the time I was in sixth, seventh grade, they started dropping one by one. First, it was Millie, then Richard. And it's like, oh, my God, I'm losing mm -hmm. my friends. And that's where my interest in research and the field of geriatrics started. So 
that's a little background of how I got to where wow. I am. Wow, <laughs> that's an incredible story. So your family all came to the United States together, right? Well, my dad was here uh, prior to the revolution. So before okay. 79, I think he came here 76, 77. But a lot of people who come to the US get their education mm -hmm. and he became an engineer and then they would go back to Iran. Uh -huh. But um, that was his plan to go back to Iran. And then somehow, you know, he was stuck here. And it was it, it's really difficult as an immigrant because you're sure. stuck in two worlds. Yeah. Um, but it took us 10 years to legally immigrate to the U.S. So my dad was here. We were in Iran mm -hmm. and he was trying very, very hard uh, to bring us to, to the U.S. But yeah, and that's that's how we came. So my mother and I immigrated together, but my gotcha. dad was here already. Yeah. Gotcha. And is your is your mother still alive? She is. She oh, is. She's wow. still a social worker. She's a is she? social worker. Yeah. Wow. Sounds like an amazing social worker woman. in New Jersey. Yeah. I mean, what a great hero to see, like a, a role model to have growing up, right? Like you oh, have somebody that has done so many amazing things, and um, and then you are taking the baton and kind of passing it on and and uh, yeah. helping others with the businesses that you're creating, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I think more importantly, what she taught me is the how to be resourceful. You don't know, have to know everything. Just mm -hmm. get into it and you'll figure it out. And actually, my paternal grandmother, same thing. She had a second grade education. And in Iran, she was able to build apartment complexes and, you know, start businesses. So I think this was in me to know that, you know, businesses, if you can do it, if you're resourceful enough, you can uh, achieve success, you can figure it out. So I think that's what both these women really taught me, if I think about it, both helping, but also um, the value of being resourceful. That's cool. Thank you, mom. So, so, <laughs> thanks, mom. How old were you then when you started your first business, when you started off as an entrepreneur? So as any good immigrant family would, they would push their child to be either a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer. And I was destined to be one of these uh -huh. three, but I wanted to go mostly into uh, geriatric research. Um, I finished my undergrad with uh, biology, psychology, and then I went to grad school to study biochemistry. And I was supposed to either go into research, medical school. Um, I came out and I was like, I just really, really want to be in the applied field of aging, right? Um, and actually, a, a little side note, I worked in, in a nursing home ever since I was 16, right? And I love working one-on-one -on -one with these residents, you know, like after, um, after the administration would go home, uh -huh. uh, I would you know, take out my, my hair curling iron and my makeup bag at 4.30 and I would gather all the residents in the corridor <laughs> and I would do their hair, their makeup and we would wow. sing songs. I mean, like the nursing home came to life and I saw the value in that too, the one-on-one -on -one care, the patient-centric care. And when I came out, I was like, I want to give back in that way before I go into research and, you know, all that stuff. I really think there's value in one-on-one -on -one care. And so I started my first, um, but I didn't have the capital, right? I wanted to start nursing mm -hmm. homes with smaller populations and and focus a focus around patient centric care. So I told my husband, I was like, "What do you know? How do I start a nursing home if I don't have money?" And he's like, "Well, start small. You can figure it out. Start start with you know a small population figure." So home health care, um, you don't really need a brick and mortar. You don't need a whole lot of capital, and that's what I did. I started without knowing anything about business. You know, again, my background has all been sciences and my there, there's no real entrepreneurs in my family. Everyone's in academia. 
Um, so I started with a home healthcare company and again, not knowing anything about business, I grew this, this company to 1.2 million the first year and then doubled wow. that the next year and double. And it was really cool to see, wow, like I'm thriving and I don't know anything. <laughs> and simultaneously, because we didn't know what would fail, what would succeed. So we didn't want to put all of our eggs in one basket. My husband uh, started an e-commerce fulfillment uh, company and warehousing fulfillment. But initially that was just supposed to be a package forwarding company mm-hmm. where international customers have a U.S. address, the package comes and we forward it to you, um, to international customers. But slowly we started getting blacklisted from, you know, most most shopping websites like um Macy's and Sephora's and and so Uh forth. So we're like, oh my God, we got to start a new model. And at this point I had my home care company running. So I was like, I'll help you guys. And um, we found a niche in the Kickstarter crowdfunding community. And it was very new at the time. Um, So these these individuals had a different need than your typical e-commerce customer in that they have. They started very small, and you had to grow with them. And sure enough, we did. We grew with uh, our customers. You know, some of them are doing a hundred million in two years, three years. And so I found, like, wow, there's a whole other world in e-commerce. Oh my yeah. gosh! And this is about a decade ago when it was still very young. Yeah. Um, and so, anyways, did that uh, home healthcare, the e-commerce business, both are thriving and growing but it was starting to really take a toll on me. And as the home healthcare company was growing, it's like, well, this isn't really doing what I wanted to initially set out to do in that patient centric care. It just became mostly staffing, right? Mm -hmm. And the rules and regulations were constantly changing. I couldn't provide the economic opportunities I wanted to, to my staff. At this point we had 500 plus um, home healthcare workers or nurses. Um, but the majority were home health aides. And if you can imagine, they're making minimum wage, a little above minimum wage. And I would love to have paid more, but the reimbursements were so low with insurance and Medicaid. So I was like, this doesn't feel good. These women are struggling and I wish I could do more. How can I do more? I wanted to, but it's a very limited field. So I was like, let me Try to exit that, sell that, focus on the e-commerce company and maybe think about something else I could do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where the idea of empowering women, how can I empower women? I saw these women struggling, like how, how can I make their lives a little bit better? So I was focused mainly in the, on the e-commerce side of the business. But again, same thing with limited resources, small margins, you're limited as to what you can pay your employees. And with the e-commerce fulfillment side of the business, it was it was also a staffing, um, it, it was a staffing company you're running essentially. You have a hundred warehouse workers and then de- depending on the, the season, you know, you have to increase to 180, 200 and you're not paying them a whole lot either. Um, so I was like, all right, it's time. I'm not feeling good. Yeah, the businesses are growing, but I need to I need to get out and find a way to really impact people's lives um, financially, be able to give them the opportunities necessary and make, teach them skills. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, took some time off. That's where the concept of chiral started, really, as I think about it, took about a year or two off, 
went to Asia, I traveled, I had a child, my first child, and thought about how can I bring all of my passions together, the feel for the field of aging, my, um, my background in sciences, the story of my mother and how she was able to teach women skills and impact their lives. How can I bring it all together? Yeah. And sure enough, that was the conception of Chiral. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And in that was your... a mouthful. I apologize. No, that's okay. That's great. Yeah. Um, so let's let's talk about Chiral and the business model for the listeners so they understand um, exactly how it works. So can you dissect that for us? Sure. So as far as our products are concerned, every single product is personalized for the individual. So we, uh, you take an online quiz, um, and then based off of the quiz results, we customize a four-step regimen for you, mm-hmm. starting with an exfoliant, um, because a lot of the customized companies I found where we're talking about ingredients, ingredients, and that's great and all, but if you don't have ingredients at the right concentration, at the right pH, they're not very effective. So efficacy was at the heart and soul of if I was going to have a product-based business, I needed to be effective. Um, And so we formulate and customize every single one of the products for our customers. But more importantly, we have the entire, um, the network marketing side of the business. And I know that gets a really bad rep, but I wanted to also do that differently. So what you do is you partner with us um, and we give you all the tools necessary, the entire backend. We do the fulfillment, no inventory required. You just have to have a passion to market and do the things you love, like connecting with other people. And we'll do all everything else. And yeah, you make a commission up to 40% off the sale of every product. So that's the business model. But um, I was able to see how much people can make in network marketing as far as the distributors go. And I was like, this is great. So if you have the skill, you can make millions potentially. And I was really driven by that. I was, you know, distributors making a lot of money um, mm-hmm. as long as we could teach them the skill and, and kind of empower them and and give them the tools that they need. How yeah. old is the company now? We are about two years. We were two years into it, but okay. we've officially launched since October. Our back end, you know, it took a really long time to build the back end mm-hmm. of the business. So we're fairly young, but it's it's starting to really take off. Um, and it's exciting. Yeah, that's cool. So before we get more into the model, you said you guys are customizing each product for each individual. How do you guys do that? Because that seems at first, you know, by hearing it sounds overwhelming. Like, how do you create the systems? Eventually, you'll get, you know, thousands upon thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people uh, and customers. How are you guys keeping those systems to customize each product um, for each individual and um, making it sustainable? Sure. So currently we have a lab here in downtown Los Angeles. We have our lab where we adjust the pH of the serums and adjust the um, concentration of um, the ingredients. But we are, as we grow, we are looking into automating the system. So right now everything is done by hand and, you know, it's okay because we want to make sure that it is a business model that'll work. Um, and it seems to be working, but we're looking into automating. That's how we're going to be able to scale um, and grow. And how, how long do you think you can keep the lab that you guys have? Where, where's your marker to be like, okay, now we need to definitely scale up and get this all completely automated. You know, how many, how many customers can you guys handle right now? 
Well, once it becomes, that's a good question. Our marker is what we're looking into automating right now. So as soon as possible, right? Yeah. yeah, as soon as possible. Right now is is about the time that we need to start looking into automating at least some portions of the system. Excellent. So then the model. So I started out in business 14 years ago in a network marketing company, and I loved it. So anybody out there that um, you know, some of them get bad reputations because there's you know all good things attract bad people, right? And so sometimes there's bad people that'll join a network marketing company, or there's a few out there that are scammy, and they give the rep a bad reputation for everybody else. But they're an incredible business model um, for people that want to learn business skills that don't have um, the time or the know-how to create a product or service on their own, and they can join a community of other entrepreneurs learning to be entrepreneurs. And even if it's a side hustle, you know, like this mm -hmm, is a great mm -hmm. thing for, uh, for people that are at home or out of work during COVID that they can start on the side and just continue mm -hmm. uh, to bring some income in. So how's it work with Cairo? Yeah, you have all your products and, and give us a range of, you know, the cost of the products and then what it takes for somebody to, to join the company and then type of commissions that they can earn. Sure. So the cost of products are anywhere from $65 um, to approximately 85 mm -hmm. That's per per, uh, per product, okay. which is, you know, for a custom-based product, it seems to be very average in the industry. Um, and for network, the distributors, for anyone who's interested in joining, um, it will only cost $89 unless you would like to, the basic kit is $89, which covers the cost of your software and um, all of the backend training that we're giving you. We have a app where everything is gamified. That's how you learn your skills. As you nice. learn a skill, you get a point and, and so on. So you move through the app and that's that's how you start. But yeah, it's, I think for anyone who has tried to start a business, I mean, it's very costly. And for you to be able to really start something with $89, not having to buy inventory, not having to do R&D, not having to mm -hmm. take on the entire burden of setting up a supply chain, I think it's very fair and affordable. Um, and I think my focus was women because, I mean, I'm a mother myself, I have two kids, uh, and it's very difficult for, for some moms to be able to pay for childcare and sometimes this cost of childcare for two or three kids is how much you're earning, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of mothers at home that are there not by, by choice, but because they have to, right? Um, and I was just actually reading that as of as early as December, women lost 156,000 jobs where men gained 16,000. So I think women are disproportionately affected mm -hmm. um, in the workforce. And I wanted to be able to really give women the skills that they need, right? That that was that was my focus, the educational piece. So I know most network marketing companies have some sort of a focus. You know, the nail companies will do nail bars and um, the, the ones that sell shampoos and hair care will focus on, you know, hair tutorials. But my biggest focus is teaching women about aging, the aging process, both physical and the cellular aging process, mm -hmm. because I want them to have the confidence to talk about this, right? These complex um, research, and I want to be able to break it down so they could have that talk with their friends. 
to say, hey, did you know um, the cellular turnover cycle, which is at the heart of our, our every single one of our products, did you know it happens every two weeks when you're born, but by the time you reach your 50s, it happens every 90 days, and that's why our skin's age. You know, I wanted to teach people uh, what really causes aging. Um, and so education is really at the heart and soul of our company. And one thing I love to say is if you come and interact with our site, um, buy nothing but learn something, then I've done my job, right? Oh, yeah. So every single one of the ingredients that could potentially be used uh, in the formulations is listed on the website. And you could go see the, the scientific research behind it and you could read a little bit about it. So I really wanted to also be able to educate, um, especially in the field of science. It feels so intimidating, but if mm -hmm. I could break it down and make it simple, then how awesome would that be? So yeah, there's a little bit of a science focus as well as building managerial skills and entrepreneurial skills. Well, you're just adding so much value, validation with the science part of it too, you know, because there's so many products out there and, and people read the back of the labels, but nobody really knows what's on, even mm -hmm, if it's mm -hmm. and it, even an organic or all natural product, you know, still some of the products people are confused by, you know, and if you can explain that to them, I think it makes them more loyal to mm -hmm, the brand mm -hmm. and the product. Cause you're like, Oh, this all is really great stuff. That's for my body and for my skin. Mm -hmm. Um, when I was in a network marketing business, um, there was a lot of live events. So, you know, we would have two a week, one on Wednesday, then one on Friday, we'd meet up in person, we'd promote our products, maybe it was at a house or an office somewhere. Um, and then we would have on a regular basis, these large 500 people, 1,015, 2,000 person events where they, you know, the speakers are there and they're like pumping us all up and talking about how these amazing stories of how somebody was driving a bus and now they're making $10,000 a month and, <laughs> and stuff like that. In today's world, I, I would imagine, especially, you know, since you guys started, it's much different, right? Uh, or at yeah. least your business model, because no live events. You're in California. There's definitely no nothing happening in California. Um, in Texas, maybe a little bit more flexibility, right? So how are the independent contractors or partners that you're working with, how are they getting the word out to the world, you know, uh, Mary Kay, like host makeup sessions at people's homes, but people are skeptical of that now because, you know, COVID worried about sure. life in person stuff. So, so what are you guys telling? What do you what's the model for you guys helping to, to helping those contractors out there and partners that you have to, to sell their product? We're starting this engine up, right? We're, we're fairly new and just starting this engine up. But, mm -hmm. um, when we were, putting the business together, we want it to be a virtual based business, um, e-commerce based virtual. So no, no handling of products. That's why we are customizing everything so that um, we really match, we're able to match the customer's needs precisely. So um, even before COVID happened, we wanted to be online based only. And with that said, we wanted to have our uh, distributors be able to hold online events and so on a weekly basis, we have an educational session and now, you know, we're getting into clubhouse and um, just yeah. trying to harness the power of all of these tools now available. But COVID, I think, expedited what we already wanted to do, right. which was get everyone online, you know, do a wine night with your girlfriends over Skype. I mean, all my friends are in New Jersey and, and Michigan and so forth. So, um, you know, 
we wanted to do that and we are doing it. We're hosting um, live events. We're hosting, you know, our educational sessions are recorded. And so anyone can go and, and view the videos. But um, yeah, we, I think this is already what we wanted to do. We mm -hmm. didn't want to be in person. So it's working out pretty well, but I'll let you know in about a year or so. I mean, everyone else is doing it. I see yeah. our competitors, Rodan and Fields and, and Monet, like they're holding these virtual parties with thousands of people. Mm -hmm. So it seems to be working. Network marketing is also changing. And I see that um, a lot of them are doubling their revenues, these big companies uh, during the course of COVID because there's a lot of people that are like, oh, I can make some side income and I don't have to get out there. But um, we want people to harness and use the power of social selling. Mm -hmm. So we have um, all of our images, all of the posts that you can post online. We have everything set up for you. So it's just set a click of a button. And software seems to always be a problem with uh, network marketing. So we wanted to do that right, where we built our website um, from scratch, we're building a lot of the backend tools ourselves yeah. so that we don't have a lot of the problems that um, other network marketing companies have. But yeah, this is already what we wanted to do. <laughs> well, tell us tell us what you guys plan to do with Clubhouse because it's a, a new platform. Actually, they're still in beta, but there's a lot of entrepreneurs that are on it um, and it's growing every day and getting bigger and bigger. Uh, what do you guys, you know, to promote your business, what do you guys plan to do with Clubhouse? Sure. I'm already hosting um i started a everything beauty club on clubhouse one in fact i think it was january february this is when all the hype was starting it's like let me get on it let me give it a try let me learn as much as possible so what i do currently is i teach anyone who is perhaps an aesthetician um and wants to you know be able to sell products or start their own business so i started you know it's um how to start your own beauty brand courses. I, I, I go on and I talk about um, how to set up your own business if you want to, if you want to create your own product, what it takes, the R&D process, the formulation. And at the end of it, I'm like, well, let me take the headache away. That's my value proposition. I could do the entire backend for you guys and you guys do the marketing, which is something you have to do anyways. Mm -hmm. So that's um, currently how I'm using Clubhouse, but I'm also thinking of it as a platform I can use to um, educate our distributors, educate the public, anyone that wants to know about yeah. the science of aging, they could come into the rooms, but it's still fairly young and we're playing around with it. Yeah. Um, but currently that that's what I have done. I've hosted these events for um, want to be entrepreneurs yeah. and they could learn yeah, how to that's, start their own business. That's great. I, I love this business model. Actually, we interviewed a guy about a year ago named John Crestani. I don't know if you've ever heard of him before, mm -hmm. um, but he he's he's got a big YouTube channel. Um, and what he does is he has a course that's a thousand bucks and people can be independent contractors and sell his course. His course teaches other people how to start businesses mm -hmm. and they can sell his course for a thousand bucks and they get, uh, I think, had, I don't know, 50% of the commission or something like that. Mm -hmm. And um, he's got thousands of people out there in the world selling his courses. Um, and, you know, it's free promotion for him. And he's pulling $250,000 a month, you know, with his, yeah. his courses that he's selling. Mm -hmm. And um, the, to look at this model that you guys are doing with yeah. Cairo, um, it's, it's, it's very creative because we think in the world of 
business and entrepreneurship. We've got to create a product and a service. Then we've got to do all the marketing. We've got to do all the, you know, build it up. We've got to build a team. We've got to put it all out to the world and then to scale it. You know, we're just, um, you know, we're just uh, selling it ourselves or our team selling it ourselves. Or maybe we have an agency come in and, and sell it and promote it, that sort of thing. But with what you guys are doing, you're literally helping people um, create create more abundant lives um, and liberate themselves in some way mm-hmm. by coming in and saying, hey, we've taken care of all this. All you got to do is tell your friends and family and, and other people about our products and services that you're using and love already. So why not? Mm-hmm. Exactly, um, yeah. And, and, I and think- we also... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. No, no, we also have an affiliate arm where if you are already a influencer online, mm-hmm. um, all you got to do is promote the product and we'll give you up to, once again, 40%. So if you have yeah. a distribution channel um, already, then even better. But yeah, you know, so we have two programs that we're offering currently. Do you want to build out your own team, have mm-hmm. other people under you? If you want that, that's fine. And if you don't, we and you want straight commission, we also offer that. So right, yeah. yeah. Could you guys work, or maybe you've thought of this already? Work with um, um, social media agencies that have a bunch of influencers under them, and partner up with them, and have the influencers. If there's influencers out there that that need a product to promote, then you know they can hop on your guys's bandwagon, promote your product, and. Create more sales and more money for them and for you. Yeah, I just interviewed. No, that's um, a great idea. Yeah, yeah, I I I say that because um, last Friday I interviewed uh, a woman out of LA who has a social media, large social media agency, and she was talking about her business processes to to get. You know, uh, quite often it's people sponsors that come in and say, "Hey, we want to sponsor." You know, look at the list of influencers she has. We want to sponsor this one or that one or that one, but. Maybe to no, take... I love that. That's a great idea. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. Yeah. Ultimately, we do want uh, people to build their their teams and and yes. be able to spread the word. But right. No, right. that's a really great idea for any of the influencers. Well, the world of influence is just growing so much, and it's not going to stop anytime soon. And 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 a lot of the young influencers are pretty young. And, you know, mm-hmm. don't, they don't know a lot about business. And then, you know, these types of business models that you guys have, somebody could come in and, and say, hey, you know, we have some products and services you might like. Mm-hmm. Try them out and share them with your Facebook or Instagram sort of thing. So, and a lot of the female influencers I am speaking to, they want to start their own brands, but they just don't know how, right? So MLQs much work. And yes. th- th- this, yeah, this world is just so new for them. And. Yeah, you can go and, and team up with a company and a, a lab and uh, white label some products. But again, that's expensive too. And you have all this inventory now. And there's the question of, can I actually uh, sell this these products that I got? You know, I have 50,000 of one SKU. Can I sell it? So this is a very low risk type of opportunity that you can take to start. And if it does take off, then go ahead, you know, start your own brand. But yeah. At least um very low risk, yeah. One of, one of the talking points you have here honey is um and I, th- I think we've touched on this a bit, but uh, <laughs> the gap between the gig economy and women entrepreneurship. And I don't know exactly what the gig economy is, so I want to ask you about that and and maybe we can talk more about um that gap that exists. Sure. So, a, the typical gig economy of being a freelancer being an uber driver or i mean those are those are more popular 
uh, just like gig taking gigs, yeah. like a gig here and a gig yeah. there. Got it. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then being a full fledged entrepreneur where you're investing in your R and D, your products, your entire, the infrastructure of your business. Mm-hmm. This is kind of the bridge of you can work on your own terms. That's what a gig job is, right? You're working sort of on your own terms. If you want to pick up a ride, whatever, if you're a, um, you're doing DoorDash, for example, you want to do it as a full-time job and I'll share of actually, this is where some of the idea came after my dad retired, he was driving all of us crazy. Um, he was home and, and I was like, dad, you got to do something with your time. And my dad was a workaholic his entire life. And he's like, well, what do I do? And he's like, I set him up on Uber and I was like, I'll go on your first ride with you. Uh-huh. And sure enough, in full, full, um, Papa Sigari <laughs> mode, he, he turned this, this, rides just to take up some of his time and interact with customers he made a i think he did eighty thousand dollars last year and in, in uber right. on, on uber yeah he just loves it he loves going out and, and it's not even the money right it, it's for him <laughs> it's the interaction the one-on-one he gets with customers and uh-huh. so um yeah you could do it as little or as much as you want and you still get the same type of training that you would as an entrepreneur you still get the same skills uh, taught to you so this is kind of bridging the gap you don't have to do one or the other you can um, settle somewhere in the middle yeah. I think that's what we're really trying to provide yeah uh, I know you're great at building brands honey and you talk about uh, going unconventional <laughs> uh, with like a brand name right and Chiral is very unconventional why do you like going unconventional with brand names and how did you choose this one a very good question. I love it now that we're getting into the science stuff. But uh-huh. uh, chiral, chirality is a chemistry, mathematical and chemistry term, which means your um, non-superimposable mirror image. So if you could wow. think about it, your left hand and your right hand, you put them on top of one another. They don't exactly fit. So I thought that was a great name for our company because as similar as we all are, right? Like, um, oh, and, and another thing I have to say in chemistry, um, if you have a chiral molecule, right? They're identical in the number of atoms and molecules they have, but they will behave completely different inside of your body. Even though it's, it looks identical, it, it behaves completely different. So I thought, okay. wow, that's exactly how we all are, right? Um, we're, even though we're made up of the same things, we're, we're very different. So, you know, it was a little bit about this mirror image, self-reflection, and then also, um, we're, we're very unique in our own way. And that's what chiral represents and is. I love it. And, <laughs> and you. so with other brands, you know, um, you know, say, say somebody's trying to find a brand name mm-hmm. for themselves. Uh, what do you recommend? What type of process do you recommend for people to, to come up with a creative brand name that's unconventional? Cause I did this, like for me, creating the brand that we have now was torturous it was, you know, some people just hear something and they're like, we're going to name the company that and it mm-hmm, sticks. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, for me, it was like, oh my God, hours of meditation, you know, walks, <laughs> like climbing mountains, not that much, but it took me a long time to figure out this brand name. So what, what's your process? Like it, does it just kind of come natural for you or what do you, how do you do it? Well, I wanted to pay homage to the field of chemistry and biochemistry. So I wanted something in, in that field. But I also wanted a name where if you Google, 20 other things don't come up and you're yeah. on the last page. So with Chiral, when I initially Googled, I was like, wow, there's nothing else with that name. So it was great. It's short. Um, it's a short five-letter name. And then 
Yeah. So how can others do that? And make sure that uh, in another language, it's not an insulting or offensive. <laughs> That's yes. So I did do a little research to make sure that. What does other... it mean in different languages? Yeah. So yeah. thank God Nothing. it doesn't mean anything in, okay. in other languages. So I guess um, find something that you're passionate about and make it short. But um, yeah, that's a hard one. I mean, it has it to is. resonate with you at the end of the day. But that's how I came up with it. I did the search and I was like, wow, this is so unique. There's nothing else like it. And it's also something about the field that I'm, I'm in. So, <laughs> so part of our, our podcast, I don't know if you know, is um, we take the episodes and then we make micro episodes and publish those on Monday and Friday. So we'll publish the main episode on a Wednesday and then Monday and Friday we do like a ten, two to 10 minute episode talking about high performance tips or um you know, just things that uh, entrepreneurs can use to help grow, up-level their mindset, scale their businesses. Um, as a female entrepreneur and uh, a mother at the same time, um, I haven't asked anybody yet specifically on like, quote unquote, mother high-performance tips. So, <laughs> so maybe as, as a mom, you can give us some really, you know, tips that you've used to help people. Uh, be a mother, to be a wife, to, to have a, a solid family, a successful family, and be a successful entrepreneur at the same time. Do you, does anything come to mind on, on what you do? Yeah, well, I have a toddler as well. So I, I figured certain things out as we were going along and I had, um, I had a routine, everything was great. And then a newborn comes into the picture. You're not sleeping, like everything goes out the door and you're right. starting all over again. Um, but I have a James Clear who did, uh, Atomic Habits, Atomic that, Habits. So yeah. I have a James Clear notebook and this thing I love. Um, and whenever I feel like I'm kind of falling off the it's something as small as like folding laundry, because now you can imagine I have so much laundry piling up the both kids <laughs> and, and my own, and I don't have a whole lot of time. Um, so like, you know, I, I write it as a habit that I want to do every day and I check it off and sure enough after uh, a couple weeks it, it sticks but this I absolutely love what I do is first thing in the morning I come in and I have it divided up into three quadrants um, I have the top where I have six tasks that I very very important I have to do and I sometimes write it the night before. And then on the left-hand side, even though I have my calendar on my computer, I create, you know, a, a nine to six or nine to seven schedule, like 9 a.m., 10 a.m. I, I put okay. the hours and then I write everything out. And then on the right-hand side, I write all the notes from that day. But this really helps. It kind of organizes me. So that's what I start with. And Another thing that has been so helpful is going for a walk in the mornings. I call it my, my husband calls it honey's manifestation walks. He's like, are you going on your <laughs> manifestation? But what it really is, is I put, sometimes it's a book I'm listening to. Other times it's just, you know, relaxing music. But I go on this walk for about two, three miles. And I have both kids in these double strollers. And it helps me really think about the day. Like what what is that most important thing that I have to do to push this boat a little bit further, right? Because there's a difference between being busy and being productive. So mm -hmm. I want to be productive. And that that really helps a lot. Those morning walks uh, help. But exercise, physical activity is important to me too. So in the afternoons, I'll go for a Peloton ride or I'll, I just joined a CrossFit gym. So I'll do that. But I think that's really, it's hard too as a mom, I think feel guilty a lot of times I, I leave my son at daycare right that's where he is right now and I feel really guilty but I in a way 
it drives me too, right? Like it's yeah. 6 p.m. I still haven't picked him up from daycare. Like I must be a terrible mom, right? That's what I think, but it drives me. I mean, my time with him when we are together, I'm there one-on-one. Um, he's my sole focus. So, and I, what would I really want? I want him to grow up having the value and knowing the value of, of working hard. Like you have to have a balance. So mm-hmm. um, I think I it's not a, so much quantity as it is quality and when we are together it's precious and it's one-on-one and then I have my other infant here in the office with some of our employees over there and I feel bad and can you watch him while I I do this but um those are my my tips just getting organized doing the habit journal um and then also I do a gratitude journal in the mornings to come in and just be grateful for what you have and yeah um count your blessings. I have two healthy kids. I'm so grateful for that in itself. But do you have regular, regular work times and eating times and stopping times? I I used to, but that stuff kind of goes out the door with a newborn. (laughs) So no, now I don't. Um, I try actually, I, I find that I'm a lot more productive when I don't eat. In the mornings, I'll have maybe a protein shake, but I'll try to eat my first meal around 12, 1. No, I'm not on some fasting schedule, but mm-hmm. it just gets me um, to do the most important things I need to without getting slowed down or bogged down with the food digestion process. Yeah. So, um, yeah, typically 1 o'clock, but, and also protein. Getting enough protein throughout the day is, is pretty important. So I'll just have um, some protein shakes stocked up in the office at all times that I'll grab. Yeah, but how about tips for female entrepreneurs and mompreneurs right after um, birth? So you've got a successful business, you have a baby. How long does it take you to kind of get back into the quote unquote, the new normal routine to where you're back working at the business again? Do you take X amount of time off? Some things that could apply to those new mother entrepreneurs. I jumped right into it because, um, my hormones just felt so off. And, you know, there's a lot that changes with your body too, that I think a lot of women understand there's the postpartum. And I knew through working and keeping myself busy, I won't have a crash like I did last time. And sure enough, I mean, it still happened. I felt really down, but at least my mind was, was occupied and I had the baby here with me. I definitely think people should take time um, as long as it need, they need to take to bond and interact with their, their baby. But mm-hmm. again, I, I have the luxury of being able to bring my newborn here and put him on my lap and be able to work and feed and, and do what I need to do. My tip for, it's really hard. It's so personal. You know, it's difficult for me to say because I don't know what someone else is going through. I don't know how their hormones are affecting them. I was super foggy. I was, I was, you know, trying to have conversations with some of our consultants in the field and like my mind wouldn't work. I I just felt really foggy or I would have a conversation with my husband and he thinks I'm still the honey that I was, you know, nine months ago, a year ago, but like, I'm not, you know, Mm -hmm. my body's changing. So I think for partners and for people around to be compassionate and understanding is so important. And if you have a team around you that understands and can provide that sort of support, that's great. But um, 
Yeah, I don't really have a lot of tips. <laughs> those are great <laughs> tips. To, no, those are great I'm tips. I'm really figuring out. I'm just kind of going with the flow of things right now. Yeah. Um, and if I need to take a day off, I do it. Well, one of the reasons but, I wanted to ask, because I think all pretty much all the productivity stuff out there is kind of put out by men, right? And there's not a lot of... Um, uh, women out there that are talking about their productivity and optimization schedules, like how they can continue to be uh, the woman that they want to be, whether they're having a child or whether they're married or single and that sort of thing. So I like to ask because um, I don't think it all, right. all the productivity stuff out there applies to both sexes. Yeah. And if you can imagine throughout the nine months, right? So prior to pregnancy, I had a very strict routine schedule, wake up at five, do this, do that. But now throughout the, the nine months, your body's changing too, right? Yeah. You feel exhausted. You don't want to get out of bed at 530. So you just have to really be compassionate toward, toward yourself and, <laughs> yeah. and give your body the what it needs. Like just respond to your body so it's very hard to give tips and and you have to be flexible and agile with with yourself as as you are with your business do that provide that for yourself so yeah and i'm just kind of right now going with the flow of things if i feel <laughs> like getting up i get i don't beat my because i used to do that like oh my god you can't perform at the same rate you used to be able to to perform right you're not waking up at five you're not doing this you don't have your routine and i was really beating myself up and it was like sucking me down right i, I was falling into even more anxiety and, right. and a little bit of a depression so i'm like no I, I, we're out we're done with that we'll just take it um day by day minute by minute hour by hour like enough with and then also um think for women there's still a lot of i mean men and women there's a lot of stigma around mental health mm -hmm. don't be ashamed to go and get you know antidepressants if you need them right after childbirth it's, counseling it's natural. Therapy, yeah counseling yeah. therapy yeah. make sure you get that support system um together so to all the moms I feel you. Much respect. <laughs> <laughs> so men to the husbands. I mean, dads go through it too. There's a lot of dads that aren't sleeping. Yeah. But thank you guys for, for understanding and being a support system to us. <laughs> yeah. Is honey, is there anything else that you would like to share about Chiral and what you guys are doing there or your business or tips for the listeners? So I also work with my husband. And that's a whole other, that's a whole other thing of, of balancing, you know, your marital relationship. Um, and for anyone that does work with their spouse, please call me. <laughs> please. No, but I think being able to separate our work and life um, has been critical, right? Being able to kind of keep the two separate um, has been very, very important. So anyways, I, I, wanted to share that for anyone that's working with their spouse how do you guys, how like do you guys to get some tips <laughs> yeah how do you guys keep that separate because I, I was with a lovely lady for four years and we were both entrepreneurs but at the end we couldn't make it work but you know working together living together and um and we would travel together too so we would live mm -hmm. abroad in different countries brought a lot of stress on the relationship so you mm -hmm. know um how do you guys balance that with your husband well, that's another thing. You have a lot more ammunition, right? If you had a normal business partner, um, there's a lot of things about their personal life. You wouldn't know you, you would know, you know, and then like right. in the morning, I'm still upset maybe because 
he didn't wash the dishes or I'm making that up, but (laughs) and then you carry that into, into the business. Right. So it's really, really, really important in having that discipline of being able to separate home life with work life. Um, and also still making time with like two kids, uh, making time for, for yourself. But We've been doing this for 10 years and we're able to integrate the business as part of our family. Like some people do have faith as an integrated part of their family unit. Mm -hmm. Same thing for us. Like the business is kind of integrated into our family, right? That's what we always wanted. So it's working right now. It's been over a decade and it's still working. (laughs) We've worked together from day one. So somebody needs to make a course on how people do this because it's, yeah, it's needed. that would be a good idea. Maybe that's what I should do. A training yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm always open to getting tips because it can, it can really take a toll on your relationship sometimes and make you a little resentful towards your partner, right? That, like 100%. we're not spending time, the business and the kids are taking, so taking time for yourself is important too, I think. Yeah. Um, I'm open to tips. <laughs> yeah, me too. Okay. Um, Well, I think we'll wrap it up there, honey. This has been a really fun interview. I've enjoyed getting to know you you and learning about your business and your business model. Um, If the listeners wanted to reach out and learn more about what you guys have going on, where's the best place they could do that at? Sure. You can follow us on our Instagram page at Chiral Skincare, or you can visit our website at chiral.com. And if you're interested in being a partner, uh, you can read all about it at chiral.com slash partners. But Thank you so much for this opportunity to talk about my business and everything else. Thank you. You're very welcome. It's been a delight and a pleasure. Listeners, we want to thank you guys for tuning in once again, and we'll see you on the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. Hey, listeners, thanks for joining us once again. We wanted to remind you about our high-performance productivity coaching and our six, seven, and eight-figure private masterminds. These are all designed for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs to help you scale rapidly and grow. Check out all the details at thebusinessmethod.com. That's thebusinessmethod.com. And we'll see you all on the next episode.